With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Daily. Today discussing the AFC West, because what else would we be talking about? And the Kansas City Chiefs, they're right back in it, Sam. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been signed through a lot of money at Valdez-Scantling, but it looks like the Chiefs did have a plan after trading Tyree Kill, picking up five draft picks. They add MVS, as they like to call him. So, Sam, is this enough to um, maybe not completely mitigate Tyree Kill, but as far as the plan that Kansas City's executing here, Valdez-Scantling plus the uh, five draft picks, they, they back on track here? Yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on the draft picks, right? And it was always going to depend on the draft picks. The most important part of trading away Tyreek Hill was the draft picks that you assemble in doing so and what you're going to get in doing that. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think, is replacing an element of what Tyreek Hill brought to the table, which is obviously deep speed, the ability to take a top off a defense, to threaten a coverage shell on any given play, and just make sure that you can't tighten up too much on the underneath stuff and crank down on Travis Kelsey and everything else that they're, they're throwing there. So you take Tyree Kill out of the equation, the, the thing that made him so special is that he can do that at the same time as being the underneath guy, as lining up in the backfield, taking handoffs, as you know, doing all of it. He's, he's a complete player. Valdez Scanlon can't, but he can at least replace that deep element that really isn't there in the offense without Tyreek Hill. I know Mikael Hartman's got some speed, but he's never really shown that he's that viable deep threat guy. So Scantling at least brings that back to the table, but I still think you then need to go into the draft and find a legitimate wide receiver that can potentially be your number one with him as a deep threat, with Juju there, with Travis Kelsey, etc. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Valdez Scantling is, is really good at what he does. I mean, we've looked... Uh, you know me, Sam, every time we're talking free agency in the draft, give me the speed receiver, but not just the guy that's fast, but the guy that has uh, a history of being that deep threat. And when you look at Valdez scaling, he's averaged 17 and a half yards per reception in his career, but the PFF receiving grades in the low 60s, high 50s, and that's okay because, again, it's it's about expectations here. Valdez scaling has never caught more than 41 passes in a season, including the playoffs. All that's fine. I, I'm, I don't think he's going to be that high-volume receiver, and it's not really his game. Remember, he fell out of favor a lot with Aaron Rodgers, not running the right routes to the right depth and all that stuff. But averaging 17.5 per catch, over 20 per catch in 2020 with seven touchdowns, that is a huge part of the offense. And just the threat, we know what Kansas City can do when you have that deep threat, and, and Valdez Scaling does absolutely fill that role. Yeah, 17 and a half yards per catch for his career. But look at the average depth of target. The last two seasons, that average depth of target has been over 18 yards downfield. Like, he does. They, they started off, you know, year one, his average depth of target was, quote unquote, just 13.8 yards downfield when they thought he was, you know, maybe a complete wide receiver that can do everything. Basically, from year two on, they're like, no, this guy's a designated deep threat. That's what he does in this offense. And the average depth from that point on has been 17 yards, 18 yards, 18 yards. That's what he's there for. Like, he is the deep threat. 
and you just hope that he doesn't have you know a bad case of the dropsies which he had in 2020 um and that he can that that still functions right because the big issue with the chiefs offense this past season is that the deep ball wasn't there and it wasn't for lack of a deep threat tyree kill was on the field almost the entire time it was the defenses were specifically taking it away and playing these two high coverage shells and saying you're not going to complete a deep ball you're gonna have to figure it out underneath and be more patient what does that dynamic change right without Tyreek Hill there do immediately do teams stop playing that two high coverage shell because they were so scared of Tyreek um and if they don't if they still think that that's the best way of defending and frustrating the Chiefs what do Kansas City bring up as a counterpunch because that was where they struggled this year yeah so that's the thing about this move right again I think you and I both disagree with the with the overall premise of trading Tyreek Hill I'm viewing it more from the lens of I think they made their own bed last year. You're just saying, hey, look, just they could have made it work with Tyreek Hill. Fine. So we're both against it. But let's talk about how they can make it work. Because when teams are playing those two high coverages, remember the way we've described Tyreek Hill is he could do everything. And maybe that was part of the issue last year. Because how do you deploy him? You want him to be a deep threat. You could use him as a high volume guy. He does work underneath maybe more defined roles for all the receivers on the Chiefs is a better way to go. And, and once again, I don't think they've, they don't have the best receiving core in the world right now. Michael Hardman, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, but maybe it's the more defined roles where Hardman's working uh, the gimmick stuff that and, and some of the downfield stuff. Valdez Scaling, certainly a deep threat. Juju is going to be your possession receiver. Uh, certainly want to add in the draft or somewhere else at some point at receiver. Maybe that ends up being the better long-term play. And oh, by the way, there's five draft picks coming back too. That's going to help not only a receiver, but other parts of the roster as well. Yeah, I mean, critically, it's never a bad thing to have a speed receiver, right? It's never a bad thing to have a guy who has legitimate speed that can scare a defense deep. Um, and Marquez Valdez Scantling absolutely has that. And with his size as well, it brings a sort of extra dimension to that that smaller receivers don't necessarily bring. So signing a guy like that in isolation is, of course, never a bad thing. But now this offense, I think, is is going to be fascinating to watch because they have this completely different group of receivers now. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who we don't still really know what he is, right? We... He was this incredibly productive slot guy earlier in his career with Antonio Brown on the outside taking all the attention away from him and the last throws of like elite level Ben Roethlisberger. Then Antonio Brown left, Roethlisberger's play fell off a cliff, Juju was asked to move outside, and between all those three things put together, it was a complete and total disaster. Injuries played in as well, and his career completely derailed, right, to the point where he's... The only offers he's had over the last couple of years have been like one year, $9 million type of deals. So now we get to see, well, what, how do the Chiefs deploy him? Andy Reid, you know, Eric Bieniemy, these offensive minds in Kansas City, how do they plan to use Juju with Patrick Mahomes? Miko Hardman may be just what he is at this point, which is the kind of gimmick guy that has a couple of big plays, you know, a season. Travis Kelsey presumably is still going to be like the number one receiver there, even though he's a tight end, the high volume guy. Valdez Scantling, the deep threat, and then that other role, that's the one that's still up in the air right now, right? That we assume is either a draft pick or somebody is going to have to step into a role that they haven't played before. They haven't sort of shown that they can fill because that's the area that now is lacking a body since Tyreek Hill left. 
Yeah, Juju is the interesting one, Sam. He's we talked about Valdez scaling averaging 17 and a half per catch for his career. Over the last two years, Juju's under 10 per catch in that dink and dunk offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers, averaging about six yards per target. Last year, 7.8 yards per reception when he was out there, only at 20 catches. But clearly that's going to be different in the Kansas City offense. When he was at his best, Juju was kind of a vertical threat from the slot. He was winning at the catch point, a bigger body type of receiver who's not necessarily explosive, but looks like one of those possession plus, right? High-end possession type of receivers. Uh, and, the, and the Kansas City offense hasn't really featured that type of player. But again, if we're talking about combating too high type of stuff, you do want a guy that's going to win in the you know 5 to 15-yard range, and I think Juju can do that. So I think that's what we're looking at here with the Chiefs. There's more bodies to be to be brought in here, but instead of having one Tyree kill who could fill three different roles, we're going to have three different receivers who are going to fill their own distinct roles. And and we'll see, you know, how Mahomes continues to adjust to this. With the two high stuff, Mahomes took a little time to adjust, and, and it is a different game for him, a more patient game. And so we'll see how defenses handle it, but I think, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how the Chiefs adjust because Tyree Hill change coverage more than any other player in the NFL. And now you just don't necessarily have that guy in Kansas city. It's also interesting because like the single biggest uh, justification for trading away Tyree kill was the money, right? He was, he wanted the big deal. He just became the, the best paid wide receiver in the NFL. The second he moved to Miami and got that contract and you know, you, the Kansas city already has Mahomes. They've already got a bunch of other, these big contracts and they didn't want to be on the hook to make Tyreek Hill a $30 million a year type of wide receiver. Um, but they've immediately taken a third of that money and thrown it at Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So, you know, how tight were they? How, how big of an issue was this salary cap squeeze that you're going to take one of the most valuable receivers in the entire NFL and replace him with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is a designated deep threat that's disappointed with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, and you're paying like a third of the money that you were going to be paying Tyree Kill to do that. It is a lot of money for maybe a pure deep threat. It, Sam, it's really tough for me because normally I am all in on the trade one player for essentially <laughs> five or six, right? Five draft picks plus all the money that not, that could have gone to Tyree Kill going to other players. Six or seven players total for a Kansas City roster. Look, it should work out over time. But man, there's something about football and having the playmakers that you're scared of. And the last time the Chiefs won a game, it's how they won it, right? It's how it was a crossing route to Tyreek where he just wins the game for them or sets up the game winner eventually for Travis Kelsey. I mean, that type of stuff. We'll see if they can replicate it in Kansas City. Normally, I like this move. I just think it's risky where they are in their uh, in their potential dynasty here, Sam. Anyway, let us yeah. know. What do you think? Is Valdez Scantling going to be the deep threat to replace Tyree Kill. It's the PFF NFL Daily.